So folks, Donald Trump flew into Cedar Rapids today and he did one of his seagull speeches where he flies in, he drops a few nuggets, and then he hightails it back to Mar-a-Lago. And one of the first things he said, folks, was this. Have a listen to this. This is, I wouldn't expect him to say something like this. And you talk about cognitive decline, you listen and, t- and let me know what you think. But we've been waging an all-out war in American democracy. You look at what they've been doing. And- waging an all-out war on American democracy? I mean, I've been saying this. We're one election away from losing democracy, and he just confirmed it. I, I don't, I don't understand. Is that is that more evidence of cognitive decline? I hear that Ron DeSantis is actually tracking these things. I wonder if if he caught this and um, might put this in an ad or something. I mean, this is this is interesting stuff, folks. And then he talked about airports after this. <laughs> And um, I, I don't know what kind of music he was playing there, but it, it's sort of apocalyptic. It's something that you would play like post-nuclear war kind of music. And it's 35 degrees, by the way, in Cedar Rapids, and he's sweating. He's, he's sweating profusely everywhere, glistening. And then he says this. And the nation whose once revered airports are dirty, crowded mess. Sit and wait for hours, and then are notified that the planes won't leave. They just won't leave. They just they won't have leave. No idea when they will. When? They have no idea. When? When? Where ticket prices have tripled. Yeah. They don't have the pilots to fly the planes. They don't have qualified air traffic controllers, and they just don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're doing. You know, just as I was doing this, folks, there was a article that came out from the Wall Street Journal, and it just flashed over. It says the airports where planes run on time and fares are low. I wonder if he is going to read this, but Atlanta. Yeah, Donald Trump. Atlanta, one of the biggest airports in in the world. Um, And it's in the Wall Street Journal for having low fares and on-time flights. But folks, he didn't end there. While the music was playing, he continued into this. We are a nation where fentanyl and all other forms of illegal drugs are easier to get than formula for our beautiful little babies. And I like the way he tilts his head. Formula for our beautiful little babies. Evidently, the the immigrant babies don't count because they're the ones that got sent back and ripped out of their parents' arms. But folks, the... The strange thing about this is, you know, he talks about fentanyl, and that's an over-exaggeration, really it is. I mean, I know that drugs are a problem, don't get me wrong, but why is Coca-Cola more expensive than beer? I mean, why doesn't he say something about that? I mean, that's a problem to me, I, I think. I don't drink beer, but I've noticed this in the store, and it it's shocking and alarming. But then... He's going to fight Obamacare again, folks, you know, as if fighting abortion isn't enough for them in terms of losing elections and losing votes by the millions. If they haven't learned, you know, through these highly restrictive abortion laws, now they're going to go after Obamacare. And keep in mind here, folks, I'm going to remind you that March 23rd, 2010 is when Obamacare got passed. March 23rd of 2010. So here we are 13 years later. 
And it's actually so good that North Carolina, which is decidedly a Republican state, just enhanced, expanded Medicaid. But they're going to fight this battle, and God knows why, folks. But here he is. We're also going to fight to give much better health care than what you have right now. This is a newer subject, but Obamacare is a disaster. No, it's and not. And I said, we're going, to, we're going to do something about it. Oh, I God. saved Obamacare when we got John McCain's negative vote. You know, he voted he against not. it after campaigning for many, many years. He said, uh, thumbs down. That was an amazing night. But we're going that to- was an amazing night. So what is it? Either you're going to kill Obamacare or you've saved Obamacare. I'm a little confused on exactly where you're going with it, Donald Trump. And folks, keep this in mind. This is coming to us from the Kaiser Family Foundation 2017. It's a timeline that they're doing here. Trump told the Washington Post in January, in a January interview, that he was close to completing his health care plan and that he wanted to provide insurance for everybody. Well, where in the hell is it? His first year in office, he said this to the Washington Post. And you know what? We're still looking for it. We haven't seen it. And you know what? Just forget it, Donald Trump. You know what? Just just forget it. Just forget it. And then, folks, at the end of this here, I've got this John Carl, Jonathan Carl interview. And Jonathan Carl is a correspondent for ABC News. You've seen him probably all over the place. Uh, MSNBC, he's been on. Any number of shows. I mean, he's a qualified and uh, respected journalist. And he's talking about a conversation that Tucker Carlson had with him. And he's talking about what Tucker told him about Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is, is totally transparent in the beginning of this when he said he was waging a war on democracy. But he's not totally transparent with the fact that he's really echoing what Russia State TV says in so many ways. And it makes you wonder, what is the affinity with Russia? Is it, why is he so aligned with Russia? Is it it the expectation of assistance in some shape or form? Here's the interview. Have a listen to this. And uh, the Tucker Carlson conversation, I I had learned that Trump was having, at first I was told it was near daily conversations uh, with, with Trump. Um, so I called Tucker. I mean, you and I both, and he, and he worked for you at, at one point. So, uh, you know, I, I, back in those days, I mean, I, I've known him maybe even longer than you have. We've both known him for a long, long, long time. And I called him up just to see if this was true. And he, and he, he acknowledged, yeah, we, we do talk regularly. He said it wasn't really every day. It was more like maybe once or twice a week. Um, and I said, the person that told me this thought he was kind of lonely. That's why he was talking you. Said, well, I don't know if it was really that. It was because of it was most of these conversations, according to Tucker Carlson, were about foreign policy and specifically about Ukraine. He said the calls became much more regular after the invasion of of Ukraine, and he said Trump agrees with me far more than he lets on in public. He's far more radical on this than he lets on in public. As a matter of fact, he's almost, he's basically the only person, you know, classic kind of Tucker Carlson exaggeration, perhaps, but but not necessarily substantively wrong here, that, that, that nobody is more in sync with where he is on Russia and Ukraine than Donald Trump. Um, and you know Tucker Carlson's position on Ukraine, which is basically that Ukraine's the aggressor and, and you know, and uh, um, I mean, he basically echoes 
what you see on Russian state television. And that's where Trump is, according to according to Tucker Carlson. Oh, God. So he's he's transparent on tearing down democracy, but he's not so transparent when it comes to his affinity for Russia. And basically, when you when you hear Donald Trump unfiltered and talking socially with Tucker Carlson, he's basically saying stuff like um, what you might hear on Russian state TV. So, folks, there's a lot more to Donald Trump than I think we all actually realize. There's a hell of a lot more um, under the table. There's a lot more cards that he's not showing. And that's what scares the hell out of me.